0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network.
1: From my many wanderings on this earth, I had so much to say about imperfect fathers and imperfect sons and about loss and love. I've learned that there are old spirits who rarely involve themselves in the human world, but on occasion,
0: they do. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I am uh Gail Smith and I am joined today by uh by Josh Martin from A Conversation with Two Geeks. Hey y'all. And uh Josh, uh what movie are we talking about today?
2: We will be talking about Gemmo de Toro's Pinocchio. Yes the
0: decades long in development movie uh literally decades uh is finally released netflix uh rolled the dice gave del toro a budget to do this in stop motion and it's finally here right off the heels of uh, nightmare alley and shape of water mm-hmm. um and it looks great um so starting with you josh what were your um thoughts go- going into garamo del toro's pinocchio
2: I was pretty much already stoked for it. I mean, it's Guillermo del Toro, and it's Pinocchio. That being said, also, we did have another version of Pinocchio that we will not acknowledge the existence of.
0: I haven't even seen it, so I don't even know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, no, me neither. Me, me neither. It's, I, I, I didn't even bother checking check it out. But, like, yeah, so yeah. obviously I'm in the bag for del Toro. I love his stuff. I think I actually, oh, shoot. So actually, this is a funny story a little bit. Back in college, I did an essay on Pacific Rim, actually, mm-hmm. where I actually had to like talk about it and like present it and stuff, and like talk about like the kaiju and in-
1: right, kaiju yeah,
2: influence and stuff. So like, I've always been in the back for like Del Toro stuff. So a- anything that has a name on it, I'm probably gonna watch.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I mean, my history with Del Toro is I've always found him as a fascinating filmmaker. I love his Hellboy franchise. I felt like he did the best of the Blades, to be honest. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I think his work has been, it, it speaks for itself. Like, I mean, and I really, I, I I think I'm the biggest fan of Crimson Peak there is. So, uh,
2: so yeah. Or, or, do, or do you want to rebuke that? Uh, well, for me, like, it's in the top. So, okay. Another thing with Del Toro is that I feel like Del Toro has, like, two modes there's um the like i don't i don't give a fuck let's just see let's just see cool shit mode that's in blade 2 hellboy and hellboy 2 to a certain extent and pacific rim and then there's the much more cerebral fantasy side of him which includes uh pan's labyrinth which i think is his best movie overall um shape of water uh crimson peak and like devil's backbone and carlos and all that jazz right
0: yeah and, and and i think so too and i've always felt like up until shape of water i've always felt like that mode you just described was his best mode because i like his mm-hmm. blockbuster stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: but del toro is a much better like it's not even fantasy it's like a fairy tale director
1: mm-hmm.
0: like he knows how to make a re- like like spin a yarn of a great fairy tale Mm-hmm. And to me, I felt like Shape of Water was like this perfect combo of spectacle and the fairy tale kind of, mm-hmm.
1: you know,
0: coming together and make, and to me bringing his two loves into a fold. And then he really, and then I, I'm not a lover of Nightmare Alley, but I love like his
2: ambition. Okay, so Nightmare Alley would be in my top five as well. And a lot of that is because of like what he... So another thing I kind of like is when directors try to like do something different. I admire that too. Yeah, and so so I would actually say like that would be in like my number to kind of give context and stuff. If I had like rate Del Toro stuff, it'd probably be in my number two.
0: Okay, okay, so it's really, right under pants Labyrinth.
2: It's right under pants and stuff. So like, I I really kind of dug like just him just trying something different. And like um, like moving away from like the fantasy stuff into like a much more colder, more real, colder, more noir sense.
0: Right, and I and I do love I do
2: I should specify I do really like
0: his movie like Nightmare Mm -hmm. Alley. I was just kind of like I kind of walked away going. So I think Del Toro is trying to do it like a Twilight Zone episode, Mm. like a long to like a longer version of a Twilight Zone episode.
2: I can see that in some cases, yeah. Uh
0: but I mean I, I, I do love his work and I do and I did and I do love his work. Uh I actually do also love Pants Labyrinth. Like I do mm-hmm. think again, much like Shape of Water, like that's like the perfect amalgamation of like it's mm-hmm. still a fairy most ma- majority of fairy tale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but it is like the perfect amalgamation of like let's get like the best makeup team we can find to Mm -hmm. design the fawn and some of the other like characters of the movie Mm -hmm. and you know and then we'll have and then we'll set it in this like you know backdrop of spain and whatnot Mm -hmm. so
2: yeah yeah which mm -hmm. going into pinocchio i'll be honest i actually one thing i'll say about oh wait um mm, what oh yeah no so um Oh, sorry. Uh, can you pause it real or... quick? But yeah, no. And that's actually kind of one of the things I like about Del Toro is that whole fantasy side, which, I'll be honest, with Pinocchio and just some of my general thoughts, um, I didn't realize he was going to go as hard as he did with this movie, <laughs> but he did. And I respect that.
0: Yeah, because this is... I mean... I think it's still PG. Um uh, but I mean it is a it, but it mean it is a more adult telling of like it's a more adult version of Pinocchio because mm-hmm. it deals with the ideas of war and fascism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it deals with the idea of a kid being exploited, uh, child labor mm-hmm. explo- exploitation. It deals mm-hmm. it deals with more adult stuff that uh, would go way over children's heads.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what I but here's the thing, and I and you can kind of get into this too when we when in just a second. But I'm not the biggest lover of the Pinocchio story, I, like I of the that. of the general because a the first movie like traumatized me. The Disney movie traumatized me as a kid. That is fair. Um, and also like it's also i've always kind of found the story of like i've always kind of found it kind of bullshit because i mean Mm -hmm. geppetto finally gets his kid Mm -hmm. and then he's it's the same thing like he gets his kid and then he just sends him off to school you know like he's like a day old like he needs like to Mm -hmm. like he needs to be in the shop and Mm -hmm. he needs to be like working to kind of learning the basics before he you know Mm -hmm. it's you know thrown into a school environment with other kids where everyone all the kids are going to pick on him for being wooden Mm -hmm. so um so like there's just stuff like that for me and then also Mm -hmm. i mean the donkey stuff always kind of fucked me up yeah um and but for this movie it's like I love it because it a admire it it kind of puts a criticism on Geppetto for making this child.
2: Yeah. It puts
0: the criticism, you know, it puts Pinocchio in a situation where he has to do the things that, you know, we criticize the the, the Pinocchio story for. Mm-hmm. And like it brings a different context to um all the stuff with Candlewick and you Know and the Pleasure Island stuff, you know, now it's the Pleasure Island's now like a kid's, like a boys' mm-hmm. military camp, kind of. Uh, and
2: that's uh Hitler Youth or Hitler Youth, sure, yeah, again, because again, this movie said, um, for those that haven't really been able to gather, this movie is set during Mussolini's Italy, which means WW2,
0: right, and the rise of like the fascism takeover, uh, throughout the Italy state, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um and i do love the set and so i i do love like the changes and what i do appreciate mm-hmm. about the taurus pinocchio is it does make me kind of appreciate carlo uh let me remember the story carlo uh Colo- colodi. oh my god uh it, it makes me appreciate the original text more because it does like have this different viewpoint of like no like pinocchio has to go out and st- in view the world in order to have his own impression of the world like he has to go and experience a you know fascism mm-hmm. for him to realize it's bad mm-hmm. he has to go and realize that capitalism is bad mm-hmm. you know he has to realize that child, he has to realize like all these things are bad without geppetto uh-huh. so when he comes back to geppetto he's a fully formed person he uh-huh. can like respect you know and can like you know Mm -hmm. have his own form of identity to where he can relate to uh his supposed like you know father figure Mm -hmm. so to me like that's why i kind of really like del toro's version because it's different but it's different in a way that makes me appreciate
2: it Mm -hmm. the text even more okay Mm -hmm.
0: so for you what about you with pinocchio
2: so with pinocchio i i agree with a lot of those points um i definitely do feel like um, and I want to also give credit to um, um, Matthew Robbins, who helped wrote the story, as well as um, Over the Garden Wall, uh, Over the over the Garden Wall creator, uh, Patrick McHale, who co-wrote yes. the story with Del Toro. Like I feel like the, this definitely was, tailored, like it was obviously um, a homage to the iconic story, but it definitely was tailored more towards Del Toro's wheelhouse and stuff and what mm-hmm. he likes to explore and stuff.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, good. Yes. So so yeah. So it's I really appreciate that and stuff, and I I definitely, I I definitely felt that and such.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And also, I can, and also, I mean, it's because it's stop motion. Mm -hmm. You you really do appreciate the craft that's on because everything does feel like it's wood carved. Yeah, yeah, no, everything feels lived in the sets, feel lived in everybody, mm-hmm. feels yeah, no, like a,
2: yeah. a character, yeah, no. And I really, with so much animation, I just feel like such motion uh, di- di- dynamic, uh, dynamic, 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 <laughs>
1: dynamic,
2: dynamic, and stuff. And just, I just feel like every, and you're right, like every individual figure set environment contains just insane amount of detail and precision. And I want to just give credit to, I believe it was Shadow Machine that worked on this, or. Um, They were were the main company that I think worked on this and also um, the Jim Henson company was also involved with this, which I did not know about going into this, by the way.
0: Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, There is Double Dairy Productions, Necropia Entertainment, um, Pathé um, Mm -hmm. also helped finance this. So, yeah, no, I mean, it was... It it took a lot of effort to make this movie.
2: Mm -hmm. And also, I feel like between this and Wendell and Wild earlier, um, about a couple months ago, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, this has been a year for stop motion.
0: It has, especially, I mean, in this last quarter. Now, granted, I haven't seen Wendell and Wild. Wendell and Wild, is that what you said? Wendell
2: Wendell and Wild.
0: Wendell and Wild, okay.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I haven't seen it, but yeah it's been a crazy year and and every now and then stop motion has like its spurts like in isle of dogs or um mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. oh what was the other one a while back that was like
1: mm.
0: i can't never mind but i mean there's uh, we get a stop motion movie every so often and it makes us just really like appreciate like just like you just love the craft mm-hmm and it feels real and like the sets feel like there's a tactile nature and then it's wonderfully voiced um Mm -hmm. by this incredible cast of people i mean you have um cape voicing a monkey
2: (laughs) i'll be honest like i as soon as like the credits went up and they like revealed who cape was voicing i was like holy shit
0: yeah because i was like Wait a minute, there's no way Kate Blanchett just like voices a monkey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but later in the movie, when uh, what's the name of it? The Spatura Spastura, Mm -hmm. like he, like, like does the different voices with the puppets to Mm -hmm. tell Pinocchio, and those are Kate Blanchett's voices, like different Mm. voices. So I was like, oh, OK, that's I mean, and she's still doing the monkey sounds like mm-hmm. eh. like she's still doing those. But mm-hmm. that's the reason you get Cate Blanchett, because she mm-hmm. can, you know, do those different voices for the different puppets. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, I mean, she's talent. I mean, she's probably going to win another Oscar for playing a, a, a composer this year.
2: Yeah, Tar, which, by the way, I still need to see that one. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it till streaming. Uh, it's
0: already on streaming.
2: Uh, or 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 VOD.
0: Okay, I mean it's okay. on both.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm I'm probably gonna not be able to see it until then. But yeah, no, and also this cast, I, I want to just start with this cast. Uh, Gregory Gregory Man, I I um, who I believe is a newcomer and stuff who voices the titular character. So I thought he just presented a nice wide range of emotions and chemistry with each of the, which each of the adult actresses stuff, which includes um Hugh McGregor. As Jiminy Cricket, yes, and or Sebastian J. Cricket, or Sebastian J. Cricket, who I just thought was just relatable, but also just fucking hilarious, and 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 also I I feel like also like Del Toro kind of knew that like oh Ewan's a great singer, and then just like nah, and stuff yeah. until like the end credits I'm just like oh you you teaser,
0: I know Del Toro you know. Must be Del Toro is a fan of Mulan Rouge.
2: You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Just yeah. you never know. Yeah. Also, David Bradley, I thought uh, did a good job as Geppetto, and then also just again, this is a really interesting cast, and um, Christoph Waltz, who I feel like who I feel like I only see every so often. Yeah,
0: he's kind of disappeared. Like he was gonna do the Hateful Eight, and then. Uh, he was replaced with, uh, oh god, he's replaced by the Abomination,
2: who's uh, Tim Roth. Uh,
0: yeah, he was replaced by Tim Roth, and then after that, he's kind of just done. Every so often, he's he'll do a small role, like he appears in the French Dispatch,
2: mm-hmm. uh, and he was also in uh, No No Time to Die as Blofeld.
0: Yeah, and. So- yeah like literally after alita he's just been in like a bunch of small little roles Mm -hmm. um he was he was in like woody allen's last movie um and uh yeah he was i mean he's Mm -hmm. been in a couple things but yeah so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he just hasn't been in much after no time to die and um yeah anyway we got tim blake nelson and you know, as the rabbits who yeah. death.
2: Yeah, no, which I I just I I didn't know that I knew that voice sounded familiar, and I'm like, okay, who the heck is that? And i was like, okay, that's Tim Whitney also. Um, and also we got Ron Perlman, aka Del Toro, as usual. As Podesta. As Podesta and stuff as a literal Nazi, which uh, is it it's interesting him playing it, uh, just voicing a Nazi, essentially a Nazi.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean. And also, he gets to play the villain. So, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. fun for him. And then mm-hmm. Finn Wolfhard is mm-hmm. Candlewick. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I feel like Candlewick has, like, the best story in this movie.
2: I I like his story. I really do. And stuff. And just seeing him kind of just develop throughout and stuff, I thought was just very interesting and stuff. And just it, it, I, I liked his arc.
0: Yeah, I did find it funny that Candlewick looks exactly like Max Brooks. So I was just like, "Did is Del Toro like a friend? Like, what is this? Like, he looks exactly like, uh, for some reason. Um, just, like he looks familiar. Yeah, like that's what I was like. Is that Max Brooks? <laughs> so yeah." Yeah. but but no i felt like he had the best arc because uh he you know is a bully but he's a bully because of his father
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he craves so much of the love and attention that
1: mm-hmm. Geppetto
0: gives pinocchio
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and when he finally confronts his father you know his father wants him to be more meaner more s- straightforward and more tougher because he feels like you know that's the only way to survive Mm-hmm. Mussolini's fascism, mm. which just goes to serve like the, the deeper, deeper systemic mm-hmm. issues with generational issues with you know fascism running a country or running a muck of a country.
2: Yeah, and stuff, and just it just mm-hmm. is it all too fucking relevant, and just I, I'm, yeah. I, I, which I'm not gonna even fucking get into, but like
0: yeah, we don't have yeah. I mean, it's there if you. I mean, it's there to already unpack if you. Mm-hmm. If we're honest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's just. Yeah. No. It just was like shit. But yeah. Yeah. No. I just this cast was great. This cast was really good. Um and stuff and like just yeah no this cast was really good so and just
0: yeah yeah um I do love the intro or the opening stuff with uh carlo and geppetto it's very lovely and it's so perfectly sets up the like the reason why this town like feels like they are you know like they feel like they are going to be like you know mm-hmm. puppets their own kind of their they're their own puppets if you will
1: mm-hmm. they
0: you know in that you know they they've been hit by planes that weren't even meant to, you know, hit, they, they were hit by missiles that weren't even meant for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So they've
0: been, they're victims of World War One, mm-hmm. And now, you know, and, and of course, you know, Carlo dies and then mm-hmm. the carries it. Okay, we got to talk about the Pinocchio's creation because it's like fucking insane.
2: Yeah, it,
0: yeah. I mean Geppetto like gets in a drunken rage and like cuts down a tree and like builds him like fucking like if it's Sam Raimi making a Frankenstein movie. Yes. I mean Del Toro just was like it's like if Sam Raimi came on the set for a day and just directed
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> just that bit. Yeah, like, um, by the yeah, I know. And I'm just like, oh my lord. Del Toro probably needs to do a Frankenstein movie.
0: Well, I mean, this technically is his
2: Frankenstein.
0: he compa- What?
2: I just realized, oh, yeah, you're kind of right.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he's been wanting to do, like, this kind of stuff forever, but, like, literally no one gives him the budget to do it. So, yeah. And this is his chance to do a Frankenstein riff. hmm
2: And why not do it on, like, the boy who became a real boy?
0: Yeah. Although here it's more allegorical because he mm-hmm. had to learn how to be a real boy. Instead of mm-hmm. he gets turned into a real boy at the end.
2: Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Stuff so would just Yeah, yeah, no, just
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh trying to think of other things. I do love that in the story Geppetto has to have his own arc where he has to appreciate Pinocchio for who he is.
1: Mm-hmm. And not
0: as a and not as a copy of Carlo. Mm-hmm which I just, I, I love that kind of bit a little bit, like, just because that's mm-hmm. the arc, that's the heart of the movie, is Geppetto, that's always been the heart of the Pinocchio story, is Geppetto's relationship with Pinocchio, and vice mm-hmm. versa, so mm-hmm. for to, for Del Toro to build that father-son relationship, and then also contrast it with Candlewick and his father, mm, Yes, I mean, it's fantastic. It, it really, mm. the conclusion of, like, Geppetto. Like telling his son, who's dead, you know, but but about to come to life, Mm -hmm. um, back to life at the end of the movie with him finally accepting Pinocchio for who he is. Yes, it's a very heart, very heart touching, moving scene.
2: Yeah, I I won't lie, me, just sorry, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm just like, damn, this is, I know, it's like. He's not afraid to he's not afraid to go for the jugular, my guy. No,
0: and that's how Toro, I mean, he does a similar thing um in Hellboy 2, where mm-hmm. Selma Blair's character is holding, you know, her, you know, the love man or the devil he lo- she loves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and tells him, you know, they're going to have a child, you know, as a way of like to wake him up, as a way mm-hmm. to give him reason to live. Mm-hmm. He does it beautifully. Then mm-hmm. there, and then over there.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely do see the themes and stuff, but I really do like the themes. Um, mm-hmm. which, speaking of like themes and stuff, um, I gotta talk about A- A- Alexander Displat's score on here because I thought yes. it was just sweet, delightful, and just melancholy all at the same time.
0: And he wrote the songs for the movie.
2: Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just man, Alexander Displat, I just that was perfect. That was perfect. Stuff, Fucking so. talent. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why he gets like nominated every year.
2: <laughs> so
0: there's a reason.
2: There, there definitely is and stuff.
0: Was there a theme or song that really touched or grabbed your attention? Ah,
2: uh, I gotta honestly, I gotta probably think about that and actually go through the score itself. But like. It just off the top of my head and stuff. I'm just thinking just about um the bit that he sings during, during when like Muslim visits like the um circus and stuff. Oh yeah, but,
0: the poop or
2: butt jokes. Yeah, the, the butt jokes and stuff and just I got, I I really have to kinda of think about that for a hot second cause like it's just <sighs> the plot is just interesting and just he is. Um yeah, as a composer and stuff. And I think my first introduction to him was actually the Harry Potter and Deathly Hollows.
0: Uh mine was so he did the uh okay, so I'm trying to think. He did the score for New Moon in Twilight the Twilight Saga. Uh let me see if I know him. Oh, he did um Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That's where I know mm. him first. Hmm. So that was the first time. Um, I mean, he did also do the Queen, but I mean, I don't remember his score from the Queen at all.
2: I I, I don't remember that score from the Queen. Also, um, speaking of the Queen real quick, my mom has started watching that show, The Crown. I'm just oh, oh The Crown, uh, the Crown of the, the Queen. What are you? Yeah, wow. yeah, they're, yeah, I can see. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I was kind of cracking up because I'm just like, oh, the, oh, I didn't know he was involved with the Crown. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: well, I mean, he did the Queen with Helen Mirren, and uh, mm-hmm. and but I don't remember his score. And then I don't, know. I don't think he does done. He's done the Crown.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either, and stuff. So like, yeah, but, yeah. E- but either way, like, um, just. I really just like just that just that um sweet, delightful, and just melancholy vibe of it and stuff, especially when you're doing something where basically you're like doing that whole um comparing compare, and con- compare and contrast thing, especially like when it comes to like some of the main themes in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: so I just looked at his Wikipedia. He's doing the Barbie movie next. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Uh, he has the Barbie bo- Well, technically he has Asteroid City now that Asteroid City has a June release. So that's mm-hmm. going to come out before. But now his, I mean, technically his next score is going to be uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. So okay. imagine that.
2: Okay, I not going to lie, that might, may or may not be one of my most anticipated movies next year, mainly because I think we're gonna go full-blown like a boogie meta with that
0: i mean how could we not
2: yeah no and just uh, and also like greta greta is currently two for two right now for me
0: and her uh her partner noah bomback co-wrote the script yes so it's like we got the mistress america team back together mm-hmm. The fr- uh, or,
2: the, or the Francis Haw team.
0: Sure. Okay, fair enough. We got the Francis <laughs> Haw team back and we got them doing Barbie. I mean, how can this movie not get... And it's opening against um, Oppenheimer. Like, How is this not getting better?
2: I completely forgot that it was opening against Oppenheimer.
0: Like, how is this movie... Like, how is this summer movie season not going to get better? Like, we are literally going to peak that weekend.
2: I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, oh my Lord.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I know. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so Pinocchio, what else is there to talk about with the
2: movie? Um, because we talk about themes, we talk about performances, we talk about the score. Um, I guess we could go into a little bit of plot. One thing I was kind of surprised about was like the whole like death and resurrection thing. Yeah, because I don't remember that in the original tale.
0: No, and that's that's the new addition. And then of course the whole uh, Tilda Swinton playing Death, like as like a lion with like um like python tails. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. Like that's all Del Toro. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it, but again, it's just adding more to the mythology of. Hmm his, like, this is, I mean, there's a reason why this is titled Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like, this is this not is, Disney's, this is not Carlo whatever his name is, but
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, this isn't This isn't your Disney's del Toro, uh, this is, um, Pinocchio. This is del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this isn't Robert Zemeckis's del Toro. <laughs> this isn't Robert Zemeckis's uh, uh Pinocchio. By the yeah. way, Guillermo del Toro co-wrote uh his The Witches.
2: That's interesting. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. But, like that is that is kind of interesting.
0: And it's funny that they release like a year or two later a competing Pinocchio movies.
2: hmm The part um, of me is part of me is like, so I see you do Pinocchio, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but either way, like, I'm I'm just... Uh, just, Del Toro. This is probably, in terms of my Del Toro ranking, this is probably number three. Oh, wow. It's already that high for you? It's already that high, because it just went so hard, especially with like, the themes and stuff. Like, I knew mm-hmm. it was going to go hard. I just... I think a part of me kind of underestimated Del Toro for a second. But, like, I, I just... I need to stop doing that. Because, like, just, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then... Even... And then I love the ending of the movie. Like, I love, like, you know, he's now... I mean, he's not immortal, but he is a wood creature. So he's a wood... A creature of wood, so he's not going to die the way a regular boy or a regular person does. Mm -hmm. So now he has to spend eternity watching... Jiminy Cricket die. And then Geppetto die. And then the cat dies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he, so I love that, you know, and I love it because it just adds more to the myth and to the legend of mm-hmm. that Pinocchio that, you know, he's going to become a boy. He's going to become a man, but it's still in a wooden boy's body mm-hmm. through this, you know, through like having to, you know, grieve and lost, but still through mm-hmm. love, stay connected to them mm-hmm. through, like, the gravestone and other things. Yeah. It's just a beautiful ending.
2: It, it really is. I, I I won't lie, I may have gotten choked up around the ending. Just be
0: like, this yeah, is so, so beautiful! It's very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of what else. So Del Toro's talked about doing more stop-motion projects.
2: Which we are We're, in support of. Of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and he would love to do a stop- and he was wanting to contact Phil Tippett. And for those who don't know who Phil Tippett is, he is the guy like in the 80s and 90s who did, if you saw a Phil, like stop-motion or a go-motion like Creature in like Star Wars or Willow or, or RoboCop in or, Jurassic or, Park. Absolutely. Then he's the guy who did that. And mm-hmm. more recently, uh, this year, he made a stop motion movie called Mad God. Mm-hmm. He, Del Toro wants to do an At the M- Mountains of Madness
2: mm-hmm.
0: movie with Phil Tippett.
2: Which I'm like, hell yes.
0: Uh, Netflix, what are we waiting on? Um, send the um, check.
2: Send a check, Netflix.
0: Cash that check, Del mm-hmm. Toro catch
2: it before they cancel it yeah 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 no 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 and like toro has been trying to get um at the mountain of madness off the ground for years
0: yeah and i believe like it got well i mean it got really close in the early 2010s like after he left Ho- the hobbit
1: mm-hmm.
0: um he was gonna do it and i believe even like tom cruise was attached and james cameron was gonna tom- produce it
2: tom cruise was gonna start starring, star and then james cameron was gonna um Produced. Yes. But even that couldn't convince Universal.
0: Right, because it was a $150 million R-rated movie. Yeah. And yeah. And and, and it's sad because I mean, because mm. we, and, and I don't know if you saw the test footage that
2: leaked. I, 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 yeah, I, I saw that. He, he kind of put some test footage and stuff. Like that looked like some creepy. Ooh. Oof. Like
0: that looks great. Mm-hmm. And also he kind of let it go because he read I guess he read the script of Prometheus and felt like, okay, maybe I can let this one go. Let yeah, Ridley. Really scott. This one's,
2: a, this one's a little too similar and stuff. So I'll I'll let Ridley do this. Yeah. Which um, which on a side note, I know this would probably never happen, but imagine a Guillermo del Toro directed alien movie.
0: Oh, that would just be like the coolest shit ever. Like I know, people want Ridley Scott to finish like his David trilogy or whatever. But what if Del Toro got to direct like the third entry of the David trilogy?
2: At, at this point, especially with the Alien franchise, I'm just like I look. I got a really complicated relationship with that Prometheus stuff mm-hmm. and that whole David series. Like, and mainly a lot of this is because I read the script for Alien Genesis. So- I believe it was called.
0: Okay, the original like
2: uh the original script that um mm-hmm. Spethus did, Spates, so okay. like, yeah. So so yeah, I read that original script and stuff, and I was just like, why? Like, I was really hoping Prometheus would be that, but then like it just it just wasn't. And then also combine the fact with like the whole Neil Blomkamp Alien Five thing, and I I have a really sour taste with that prequel with that um Prometheus stuff
0: okay like you wanted an alien five
2: I want an alien five okay
0: because I understand what Blanca was trying to do but I don't have a problem with alien 3 alien four okay I can understand if people were like we want to we want but even then i'm I'm more of a kind of but then again I mean we've had so many movies like even the Halloween franchise is kind of like it's like a pick your own adventure, pick your own ending kind of thing. So,
1: mm-hmm. or pick your own okay. canon.
0: Yeah, pick your own canon. So, I mean, I understand where we're at in that, but I do. I mean, even the X Men franchise, did the whole movie, where we're like, we're erasing mm-hmm. this to, we're erasing all the bad,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so, and then hopefully the future will be better. Oh, no, no, never mind, never mind,
2: never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never mind. We we just got. Folks, we just got bought, bought, bought by the mouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, um, oh, our New Mutants movie is, can- oh, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, Deadpool's now the only, Ryan Reynolds is the only one that gets to make X-Men movies, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see how that went. To We never got the Gambit movie. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so to kind of is there anything else more to say on I, this? Is going to be a kind of another short episode, but
2: um, uh, I don't think that there is. Honestly, I think we said. I think what we need to say about this and stuff, and and just yeah, no. This is definitely one of the best films of the year, I think.
0: Yeah, this
2: I hand, hands down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's it's a great movie. I the only thing I'll say is um I saw this the same day I saw the fablemans and for those who have listened to the fablemans podcast you know how much I love that movie so unfortunately for del toro he had to he you know unfortunately for del toro I just saw like a really awesome movie the same day I saw his movie so
2: and um, and this is why we spread out our stuff
0: yes we typically do
2: yes cuz like I I, I I feel you on that, but I really do. I just try to spread it out because like uh, the same week, like Glass Onion came out and stuff, and so like I made right. sure to like, spread it out and stuff. Also, um, which by the way, I'm gonna just say this right now, especially given that both they're, they're kind of both Netflix properties. Um, is it just me or does it feel like Del Toro's Pinocchio was more in theaters than like Glass Onion was? Well, Glass Onion was meant for a week. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I know this for I don't know why this is, uh, but I know like uh Alejandro Gonzalez and you read too, which is also, I mean, Del Toro's friend, mm-hmm. uh, friend and colleague. Um, mm-hmm. his Bardo movie has been kind of circulating my like one Atlanta theater, one or two Atlanta theaters mm-hmm. for at least the last month. Mm -hmm. And it's about to have a 35 millimeter print at the plaza in Atlanta. Mm. So in, I think either not, I think not this weekend, but the next weekend. Mm. So it's, so I feel you on that one. Mm. Um, Whereas, I mean, again, Glass Onion gets one week. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And I think, and I, you know what, let's actually unpack this real quick. I I do think Glass Onion would have been a better movie, especially now in context. I know we did an episode on Glass Onion already, but now that we have even more hindsight, you know, now that it's over and Mm -hmm. even Johnson, as we're recording, is still trying to get it back into theaters Mm -hmm. even like sometime in
1: 2023.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, John, I do believe that the movie would have done better but watching knives out or not knives out uh, glass onion Uh if you did see that for the first time you know on netflix the coolest part about glass onion on netflix is you can re-watch the movie instantly Uh you don't have to get back in in the proverbial line or buy another ticket Uh you can just re-watch it right there and then from the comfort of your own home to catch Uh more of like the subtleties like with you know mm-hmm. like uh edward norton handing dave patista the cup and you can mm-hmm. see all that stuff already mm-hmm. in the second viewing whereas if you're seeing glass onion mean, in a theater like you have to wait like an hour or so for the next showing mm-hmm. to and then you have to pay another twenty dollars or whatever i don't know how much you I don't know how much everyone else is spending, but we'll, we'll say like 20 bucks to go watch it again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand the two sides of the coin and I think Pinocchio got a longer release because Netflix needed that promotion. Mm-hmm. They needed people to see it. They needed critics and Oscar people in uh, this in guild members, mm-hmm. animation guild, animation guild leaders. Mm-hmm. They needed those people to watch this movie to mm-hmm. build the word of mouth. So when it opens this weekend on Netflix, mm-hmm. they'll have like it'll it'll hopefully make it on that you know the coveted top 10 spot.
2: No yeah, no definitely definitely cuz yeah, just yeah, and it just I, and mainly cuz like I I just kept seeing ads for it on like Instagram and stuff and like and like right. I just and stuff, and I, I don't mind that stuff. So it's just like I just saw like repeat ads for it. I just felt like I just thought like *Pinocchio* was more in theaters than like Glass Onion*, even though they're they're probably in it for like the same amount of time and stuff. So,
0: right. I think for me, um, I think on my end, uh, it was in like the Regal theaters because this is mm-hmm. only in Regal theaters for some reason. Mm. Regal somehow got got the license or something, but, um it was in Regal Theaters in my area for one week, and then I think one or two Regal Theaters got to have it for, like, the rest of the Thanksgiving, like, the rest of, like, that Black Friday weekend. Mm. So, uh, or at least as long as, you know, Glass Onion State in theaters. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, I think, so, to answer your question, um, it kind of did stay in longer, mm-hmm. but I, I honestly think it's it was more of just like to get more people,
2: yeah, like and you also, don't need
0: to talk about it and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and also for probably because you know it's um, we're in award season right now. Yes, which yeah. by the way, um, this is gonna be a stack here on like multiple occasions and stuff, and I, I I'm just this is just a smaller version of something but like um say, me future is going to be interesting this year what that lineup is going to be in terms of nominations
0: yeah because i don't think there's a lot i mean i don't think strange world is going to make it um yeah. turning red will probably make it
2: that'll probably be the disney representative
0: yeah um and then there's a really slim shot that Black here makes it. Like I mean, like really micro size shot.
2: Yeah, no, and that's the reason why I said like Turning Red's gonna be the Disney representative because I think if especially with the new regime stuff, if right. we had to like choose, it's like yeah, Turning Red's gonna be.
0: Mm-hmm. the bad guys will be dreamworks animations um mm-hmm. and then of course whatever was it minions rides a Gru will be the other mm-hmm. the eliminations
2: oh, maybe. i know right maybe but also like you do remember that like dreamworks is technically owned by universal okay so bad guys might be just that for universal
0: oh oh yeah you're right 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 i forget uh-huh. that universal now owns them uh-huh. um and then i mean but really it could be netflix as the steal because they have wendell and wild and they uh-huh. have uh pinocchio uh-huh. um I'm and also i mean mad god might be a dark horse if shutter can just get a campaign going
2: yeah no shutter needs to get a campaign from mad god because like it's just like like i knew about it but like i just imagine like probably outside of these circles probably no one probably knows that like phil Tippett did stop motion movie
0: well the movie came out in june and really like shutter just kind of it's just been having it on their surface mm-hmm. like i know it played at certain like art house theaters like it played at the plaza it played at the Ciné here in Athens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, you know, but really, other than that, like it kind of just was more of a shutter exclusive. And but if you like look at Rotten Tomatoes and look at the people mm-hmm. who like watch the movie and not only watch it, but are like experts in that field, like they are expert, mm-hmm. like they are like they, these people, you know, talk about animated movies and criticize mm-hmm. or critique, you know, these kind of movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mad God was like the top movie, Mad God you know, in Pinocchio are kind of like the top movies of stop motion. Like Even beating mm. out the Henry Selleck movie <laughs> that came out this year.
2: Which was Wendell and Wild. Right. So.
0: Also co-written by Jordan freaking Peel. Yes. Which, that just goes to show you how insane, like, the animation campaign has been this year.
2: Especially in the stop motion department. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, like, everywhere else, it's everywhere else it's still kind of the same. But, like, Stop Motion's Stop Most been getting a lot of love this year. And I I am fully happy with that.
0: Absolutely. And it's time. It's mm-hmm. time to have, I mean, even if it was for a niche nostalgia thing,
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: time for that to have its time, you know, uh its day in court.
2: Mm-hmm. I 1000% agree.
0: Yeah. Um, even now, I mean, I think a lot of the critics' circles that I've followed, like, I think they have been, you know, awarding this movie like the best in any, any animated future, mm-hmm. animated feature, excuse me. So, I mean, this movie has a good shot. Uh, mm-hmm. Del Toro has another shot of winning the another Oscar. So. And didn't he won for didn't he won for Pan's Labyrinth?
2: I that's a very good question. I do not know the answer to. I know he probably won for um because I think it was a best international feature. I'm quickly looking up on IMDb right now and stuff or IMDb nomination. Uh, okay, so he won. Um, okay, so okay, so he he okay so. PANS won Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, uh, Best Makeup, and was nominated for, uh, also nominated for uh, Original Screenplay. He didn't win. He didn't win win for these, but um, Original Score, and uh, Best um, Foreign Language film of the Year. So we actually didn't win for that.
0: Holy shit, Nightmare Alley got nominated for Best Picture.
2: I remember that. That was last year. I completely forgot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um, that, that, that was a second year. Also, keep in mind, also, that was another um, Spielberg year because we had West Side Story.
0: Yes. Ooh, this Oscars is definitely going to be interesting because <laughs> we got okay. old old man Spielberg telling his story, and then we got everything everywhere at once with the Daniels telling
2: mm-hmm.
0: a very personal story, especially for at least the co-director.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm still trying to figure out like what's gonna be like the guarantees, because um, because definitely Fablemans, mainly because mm-hmm. Spielberg, um, Fablemans, maybe Babylon. The split critic reaction has kind of like made it, like impossible to gauge.
0: Well, and even crazier, a man man called Otto, the Tom Hanks movie, is just premiering, and it's already getting like. A war buzz
2: i did see i did hear about that today and i was kind of surprised about that
0: yeah i'm surprised because that trailer is awful so
2: mm-hmm.
0: but that trailer is fucking awful and like and to hear people being like this is the biggest surprise of the year i'm like is it the biggest surprise of the year because the trailer was awful or is it because it's a good movie
2: that's a very good question
0: <laughs> that's just how that's where my brain went like is it that are are you saying it's that good? Like, yeah. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right. Um, any final notes on Pinocchio?
2: Um, I think that's it. Overall, like for me, Pinocchio was just a just a charming, if not unique, unique take on the material. Just with you know, um, mm-hmm. Del Toro and company just firing all cylinders.
0: Absolutely, I can't wait to see what Del Toro does next. He That's the thing about, like, after Nightmare Alley is we, you know, Nightmare Alley was a big bomb, and we could be like, well, I mean, he's got Pinocchio Uh next year, so maybe he can kind of bounce off of that. Uh And he kind of is, kind of isn't.
1: Uh
0: Um, Because even now, I mean, really, it's the critics that are kind of, like, keeping, it's you, me, and the critics that are kind of keeping Del Toro's Pinocchio, like,
2: Uh afloat
0: um because he didn't because that's the thing with del toro he didn't do some, he didn't do the disney thing which was to make a you know crowd-pleasing that's mm-hmm. fine movie he made a movie that was deeply personal and has a bittersweet ending mm-hmm. so it so but i mean it still works it all still works that's i'm not trying to say it doesn't it's just like you know for a man who just made a 55 million dollar flop he Mm -hmm. really still he committed he committed really hard to making his movie his pinocchio the way he wanted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah all right so with that um josh where can the good people find you
2: all right, people can find me. I am still kind of on Twitter at uh, jameymine three seven two nine. I'm over there. You can also find me on a conversation with two geeks, where my co-host and I, Jamie, we talk about the weekly movie news. Uh, I post episodes mm-hmm. on the Twitter page, so you can check us out there and such. Um, and yeah, you can find me at both place Both places, and yeah,
0: awesome. And links to the links to the show will be in the description below um and also you can find me on twitter at movie kale we will have some more episodes coming out like we we do want to still do an Andor episode we will probably do a bones and all episode uh we're definitely going to do avatar next week avatar is definitely if above I, all else that will be the next that'll be the ne- if above all else it will be one of the next episodes
2: i i'm, I'm really curious about avatar especially given that and I learned this to d- today. Um, they had the um, the critic screenings, Maybe yes. because they have the premiere in London and stuff. And like, I'm just like, God damn! If I didn't have if I didn't have work today, I know. And I and I and I was able to get in. I would have went.
0: I know, but now you have to wait, like you know, like I do, another ten more days. <laughs>
2: Yep, yep, yep. Unless the,
0: uh, uh, hey, you he might get it, lucky, you might get lucky. I,
2: I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I've actually been a bit more luckier than I thought it would be, be, but that's a whole other thing, okay?
0: Uh, but yeah, you know, but yeah, uh, so just keep an eye on my Twitter at Movie Kale, um, and we'll be back with you guys really, really soon. All right, All right. thank you.
1: I feel as though you've been here before. The wooden boy with the borrowed soul. Be his son. Fill his days with light. We shall call you Pinocchio. Oh, what a
0: day, what a day.